0: everyone and welcome to The Inside where today we will be presenting you the facts and history of different prison systems and their effects on businesses and society. We are going to go over private prisons, public prisons, the effects on businesses and society, and we even have an outlook on public prisons in the Netherlands thanks to our group member Faye who lives in the Netherlands. We are excited to answer some of the questions we all have for each other and provide our audience some fun facts. Uh, just make sure to like this podcast and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Now let's introduce ourselves. I'll start out. Uh, my name is Jaylen Natto and I focus on private prisons. My name is Victoria
1: Rizzitano and I focus on public prisons in the US.
2: My name is Rachel McKelly, and my research was focused on the impact of incarceration on businesses.
3: My name is Samantha McCarthy, and I focused on prison's effects in society.
4: My name is Faye Turkman, and I focused on uh, public systems in the Netherlands of incarceration.
0: Perfect. Well, let's start with private prisons, if that's all right with everyone. Um, So that's the kind of the section I focused on. So do you guys have any questions for me?
1: Yeah, actually so when I was um, researching public prisons I like private prisons had a lot to do with public prisons there was a ton of like comparison to the two so I was wondering how did private prisons begin
0: yeah so kind of like through my research I found that private prisons actually dated back to the 1852 which is actually kind of crazy I didn't think it would be that far back um but they kind of became more prevalent you know kind of towards the late 1980s, 1990s, um, you know, during this period there were several factors that, you know, led to them becoming more prevalent, um, mainly, you know, the war on drugs, true sentencing, the three strike laws, um, just those types of events that, you know, made private prisons a little more prevalent in society, um, I actually have a fun fact for you guys. So um, from one of my research, I've found that in 1990, federal prisons were running at 51% above capacity, um, which is crazy. I mean, that's way overcrowded. Um, and the state prisons exceeded capacity by approximately 15 to 27%. Um, so ever since then, you know, the U.S. has, you know, increasingly turned to using private prisons to incarcerate inmates. Um, and, you know, really the population of private prisons, you know, really grew from like the 1990s to 2009. But that's kind of like a quick overview, you know, of how they began. Um, does anyone else have any other questions?
2: I have another question, if you're ready. Yeah. Um, what is the rehabilitation process like for private prisons?
0: So to be honest, this is kind of difficult because in terms of like incentives, there really aren't, uh, you know, many for rehabilitation in private prisons because the main incentive for private prisons is to maximize profits, um, which is definitely, you know, not good when you're looking to you know have those rehabilitation programs because those you know cost money um so you know there are few incentives for private prisons to provide those rehabilitation programs um which then also you know leads to recidivism um i actually have a couple you know facts for you guys so private prison inmates are 22 percent more likely to recidivate than public prison inmates, uh, which obviously, you know, is not a good thing. Uh, That's not, you know, a statistic we want to see. Um, And then additionally, private prisons actually um, usually have an occupancy guarantee clause, um, which I had never heard of before. So this guarantees that private prisons will be occupied near the capacity, which is, you know, 80 to 100%. Um, So that means that even in times of, like, low crime rates, um, private prisons will get the first priority to house inmates, which, you know, isn't good because we know that they don't have, you know, that incentive to have these rehabilitation programs. So, you know, if they're getting first pick at, you know, inmates and there aren't these programs, then, you know, obviously it's not benefiting, you know, these inmates and society overall. Um, maybe do like one more question. Does anyone else have anything else?
3: I have more of a personal question, if that's okay. Yeah. So, what is your opinion on private prisons? Do you think they're helpful or harmful to the society?
0: Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, to be honest, like I don't really have you know the perfect answer to that because I can see you know both ways to them, and I'm actually kind of excited to hear a little bit more on the public prison systems with um, Victoria next because. Um, I feel like that will help, you know, kind of redefine my opinion. Um, But kind of from my research, you know, it seemed like people, you know, kind of were struggling with that opinion as well. Um, You know, they said, you know, that private prisons can be more efficient and they can cut out those miscellaneous like steps and costs, which is obviously great for a business that's trying to maximize profits. But then, you know, on the other hand of things, you know, it is a for-profit, you know, nature. So it is providing those little incentives for them to, you know, promote well-being and rehabilitation, which is obviously something, you know, we don't want to see. Um, I also found that, like, market structure for private prisons, like, it's highly concentrated. Um I found that there's, like, these three main firms um, that imprison 96% of total private inmate population. Um, to be honest, like, I think I have, you know, a more negative look on private prisons, um, but I'm actually interested to kind of move now into um, public prisons. Um, so, Victoria, I actually have a question for you to start off, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, of course. Um, so kind of from my research, you know, I was looking, you know, a little bit into public prisons, and I saw a lot about them Mm -hmm. being unsafe. So I was kind of just wondering, you know, what makes those public prisons so unsafe?
1: Yeah, so public prisons are run, like, by the government, and they have more control over the public prisons, and they're operated by the local, state, and federal government. So they're also non-profits, which means that there probably isn't as much funding, like, same as private prisons. So a lot of the time, more of those violent prisoners will be sent to the public prisons because they're just able to handle them better. And most of the non-violent individuals will go to the private prisons. And that basically is because public prisons are um, having to spend money on extra guards and the higher security. So that's, you know, a reason why they're so unsafe. And it also kind of goes into the fact that the cost of public prisons is so high, um, and this is like a big issue for public prisons because it's not just like a private um, entity paying for the prisoners. It's like the local, state, or federal governments and people's tax money. So it can be kind of a uh, I don't know harsh uh, hard topic for some people because they don't always appreciate where their money is going. You know, so. Um, yeah, it definitely can be interesting to look at the safety and comparing um, private and public prison safety. So, I have a follow up question
2: for you after that. Oh, um, sure. Do you think there are any benefits to the public prisons?
1: Yeah, well, I would say that um, something about public prisons is that they have their prisoner or their um, inmates working pretty hard. They're always um, uh, gaining these working skills, which is really good. I think that that's like one of the few benefits to public prisons, um, because it kind of gives them the skills that they need and they get work assignments usually. So, that kind of comparing that to a private prison, um, it seems to be better from the studies that I looked at. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard to say that there are. A ton of benefits because kind of like private prisons, um, as Jalen stated before, there's a lot of overcrowding and stuff. So that makes it hard to like find those um, benefits and it costs a lot to take care of each inmate every day. Tons of money. Um, so, yeah, there are a few benefits, though. Um, so is there
4: any other question that you guys have? Yeah, I was kind of curious about your research maybe that had to do with recidivism and the public prisons. Yeah, um, so kind of what it's kind of funny that
1: my research actually kind of contradicted Jalen's research from private prisons. So uh, and I think that's specifically because there hasn't been that much research on recidivism and public prisons. Um, So it was just one specific study that I looked at that stated that um, people in public prisons are more likely to be incarcerated again after they're released. And also, it was a study done in Florida that concluded that these men being released from private prisons were less likely to go back. So I thought that was interesting, Jalen, that um, our research was kind of contradicting each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That is crazy.
1: Yeah, so, and then kind of um, going back to the fact that um, public prisons are run by local governments, um, something interesting that I found was that their public information has to be shared because the prisons are being paid by taxpayers' money. So I guess it makes sense that it's public information, so they want to know, like taxpayers want to know how their money is being used. And I thought that was interesting because it actually made me think of how um, specifically in my town, there's like a booklet provided to the community and we can see like certain information, like we can see people's um, salaries, like people who work for the town. And I always thought that was so crazy, but I guess it makes sense that like their salaries are paid by taxpayers. So it kind of was the connection that I made. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. That's so crazy. I mean, I've never, you know, my town never had anything like that. But you know, it does make sense. I mean, it is, you know, taxpayers money, but it still is just kind of a weird thing to grasp.
1: Right. Um, That's what I always thought. But I mean, I guess it makes sense.
0: (laughs) Maybe let's move into maybe, you know, the prison systems in the Netherlands. You want to do that, Faye?
4: Yeah, I'll go talk about that. Do you guys have any questions about it?
0: Yeah, I'll jump in at, you know, just to start off. I mean, I think I can speak for you know the rest of us like I have absolutely no idea about the prison systems in the Netherlands I know nothing so kind of just want to know you know basically the statistics on incarcerated people in the Netherlands.
4: Yeah of course so honestly to start off um, by saying that being Dutch it's kind of interesting to actually go and look into what our system looks like when I was going into this conversation, I was surprised to see that there were private and public prisons in uh, America. So for me, being in the Netherlands and only knowing of public um, institution is very interesting to like research more about how we actually manage our prison system. So what I found on the statistics is that... Um, Actually, our numbers in uh, 1850 were uh, from the hundred thousand people that were incarcerated. Incarcerated, there were only three hundred and fifty. Of my apologies, of the hundred thousand people, there are three hundred and fifty incarcerated, and that number actually really dropped like enormously in 2016 when they only recorded. 80 people of hundred and thousand people that were incarcerated in the Netherlands and I thought this drop was very interesting as we see numbers in America like being so high that it is one of the the most um yeah incarcerated people in America in relation to its population so I thought it was interesting to kind of look at that do you guys have anyone any other questions about it you want to talk about
2: I'll jump in with the next question. Uh, I did just want to say that that statistic is crazy. It's really eye opening to the problems that we have here in the United States. Um, But do you think you could just describe a little more how the Netherlands prison system works?
4: Yeah, of course. So um, when we look at private prisons in in the Netherlands, they don't have private ones because they're afraid that um, if there were private prisons, they would kind of act as a monopoly and um, that would lead to. other, like, public prisons not being able to compete, compete with them. Um, so the system we have is kind of, uh, you can look at it as um, not really a public prison, but more a nonprofit um, incarcerated institution. Uh, what they mean by that is that um, a nonprofit uh, prison system, they kind of look at the way that if they make profit, they want to use that money to um, use back at um, services such as um, education, healthcare, care or, or social services for that prison or other stuff or materials they want to improve on. So in that way, the profit that are being made are being used again for the prisons itself. So they rather use nonprofit instead of public because it's not really run as much by the government as you would think. Um, and there was also an interesting study in uh, Europe that where they were thinking, or they were debating what the differences were between public and private prisons. And they said they said before that it would lead to a twenty percent cost reduction if they were able to only have, um, well, private prisons. But from the research, they saw that there was little to no change in um, costs that were cut in private and public prisons so I thought that was very interesting too you guys have anything any other questions you want to talk about or ask
3: I actually do I was wondering what um does a successful reintegration process into society look like in the Netherlands
4: yeah so I kind of did some research about that too because I thought it was interesting to look at okay um, because the numbers had dropped so much, like what, what would be like an effective way in the Netherlands that we might be doing right that leads to less uh, people being back into prison? Like, what do we do? So that was very interesting to look at. But um, what we saw is that there's uh, a department they call the Education and Training Department in the Netherlands, where they help people uh, finding out what they can do after they leave the incarcerated institution. And an interesting question they asked was not, um, for example, what, what do we do or what fits this prisoner's um, education, or let me reiterate, um, it showed that um, they don't ask what can we teach a prisoner, but instead, is there a job that fits the prisoner and what qualification does the prisoner need to fulfill that job? And in that process they really helped the people who were incarcerated to find a follow-up job after they got out of prison so I thought it was a great way to look at it from a different perspective so yeah
3: yeah and it's definitely totally different than how um, things are in the United States so I think if we maybe want to jump in and talk about stuff like that that could help
1: yeah definitely well one thing that I just wanted to mention was that I thought it was interesting how you said that um, comparing the prices of private and public systems in the Netherlands it's not always that one is totally cheaper than the other Um, and I actually found that as well in my research um, comparing private and public prisons in the U.S. that it actually wasn't always the fact that one was cheaper than the other there was like a lot of factors that went into it. So I think that's interesting that there there's actually similarity between the two countries.
4: Yeah, no, I thought that was interesting too, because that was be that would be like the main reason for most prisons to say like, let's go private because we can cut on a lot of cost, but then we see that there's not that much of a difference in cost. So yeah, it was very interesting.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that was definitely it was good to, you know, get that kind of look into the Netherlands, you know, and maybe in my opinion, maybe the United States should take some notes. But um, (laughs) let's maybe move on to, you know, kind of how, you know, incarceration affects, you know, businesses and society. Um, Do we want to maybe start with businesses?
2: Yeah, I did some research on that, if anyone has any questions for me.
0: Yeah, now that we bring that up, I actually
1: was wondering, throughout all my research, I was wondering how, like, what are some of the negative impacts of incarceration on businesses? Because it was kind of something that I never really thought of before, but then I started researching, I was like, oh, wow, there are a lot of impacts.
2: Yes, there definitely are. Uh, one of the biggest impacts that I found during my research of mass incarceration is that as more people are incarcerated, the unemployment rate increases so currently most incarcerated individuals are young adults, which is the prime age for the workforce, typically between the ages of like 20 and 40. So when these people are incarcerated, they're obviously not able to contribute to the workforce. And even when they are released, it's not a smooth transition back into the workforce. There's a lot of obstacles and barriers that they have to overcome. So it's very, also very expensive for someone to be incarcerated, which negatively affects the economy as well. One way that the article I read suggests helping stop this issue is by treating the opioid crisis as a health issue and not as criminal activity. This money would then be spent, instead of being spent on mass incarceration, it could be spent on helping these people through the welfare programs, and we would also be able to strengthen the workforce if we did that.
0: Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I um, actually had looked at the negative impacts on businesses before. Um, Rachel and I found the exact same thing, you know, a law on like unemployment rate. Um, and then it's like, if we don't have these rehabilitation programs for them to go in, like even when they're out of prison, you know, the unemployment rate isn't just automatically, you know, decreasing, you know, we got to have these programs in place to, you know, let them help them get in that job force. Um, which kind of brings me, you know, to my next point, you know, are there, you know, positive impacts that incarceration does have on businesses?
2: Um, For businesses, I would say yes, but unfortunately, they do profit off of mass incarceration. Companies are able to benefit from the low labor cost, which is why prison labor is so prevalent in the prison system. This is obviously not a positive impact for the people that are incarcerated, but unfortunately, big corporations do take advantage of this opportunity through things like in-house labor, producing goods that are sold as well as work release. So if companies can continue to exploit the incarcerated individuals, we'll never see reform of the prison system and a decrease in mass incarceration. And especially to go back to my last point, like these people could be working in the workforce, making money for themselves instead of businesses being able to exploit their labor.
4: That's really interesting. Um, I actually had another question, if I can ask. Yep. Because um we're looking at uh, businesses and how they can help people who are incarcerated, like obviously, like you said, um when they are being exploited, like that's not helping them to re-enter society. so how can business help incarcerated individuals as they do re-enter the workforce?
2: That is a great question. I actually read an interview that was conducted with James Timpson, and he's from the United Kingdom, and he runs a family retail business. And so right now, he employs close to 4,000 people, including formerly incarcerated individuals. During the interview, he emphasizes how difficult it can be for these individuals to find a place in the workforce, as there are so many barriers of entry, such as employment discrimination, lack of qualifications, as well as unstable housing. So Timson works with 70 prisons in order to offer work and training while the individuals are still incarcerated, and then they'll have the opportunity to continue working for him following their release. This model provides a great example for other businesses to follow when recruiting new employees, and it also helps stop the vicious cycle of the prison system. When people are released from prison but they're not set up for success as they reintegrate into society as well as the workforce, they will be much more likely to end up back in prison so this guy is really just leading by example to say like, hey, these, we have a great system here that we can take these people who are uh, ready to be released, and I can help work with them, develop some of their skills, and then as they come out, they will already have a job set up. Like That is a good way um, to help these people and not just like leave them with nothing.
0: For sure. That's actually, that's really cool. I've never heard of, you know, him or anything, but that's definitely interesting to hear. Um, Maybe let's move on to, you know, our last topic, you know, for everyone today, which I think is going to be, you know, the effects on society. So if Sam, if you wanted to, you know, start on that or, you know, if anyone has any questions for Sam.
4: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I actually had a question about that and the effects on society. So uh, my question is, how much has the population of incarcerated people actually grown
3: in the maybe last couple of years? So actually, I found the article I read, um, did my research on was called The Social Provision of Punishment and in Incarceration by Daniel D'Amico. And in it, he stated that in 2012, the United States was the number one leader in incarcerations. Um, the exact amount that it has increased within the last few decades of the 20th century has been five times the number and now they nearly have 2.3 million inmates in 710 prisoners per 100,000 capita i thought that was really interesting especially after hearing about how things work in over in the netherlands so
4: yeah i think that's so interesting too how that number is so high and like what could maybe be the effects of that
3: yeah there's such a difference in those two Oh,
1: that actually has got me thinking about how I'm actually glad, Sam, that you started your research on this topic, because I feel like we never really hear about the effects on society. Like, it can be difficult. So my question actually is, what is a major negative effect on society that may not be discussed enough? Oh, that's
3: a good one. Um, I would say that... Maybe the unequal distribution among young and poor ethnic minorities isn't discussed enough. The whole thesis of the article that I um, found states that the services to enhance public safety may not optimally be provided in their fi- um, financing and management, and how if they're centralized. So limiting the growth of prison industrial complex required developing strategies. And it would lead to more than, like, just one specific authority having control over prisons, and it could be society as a whole. And I all things grouped together are not talked enough about, but it should be, like, brought to everybody's attention in order to make a change. Yeah, definitely.
1: I feel like a big part of making a change is, like, the advocating for a change and talking about it, like you said, so. Right.
0: i don't know about you guys but i think we covered you know quite a bit today and um you know i think we kind of got you know that look into you know the different prison systems so you know thank you guys all for sharing that information and for our listeners um again don't forget to give this podcast a like and follow us on um, apple podcast spotify and anchor you can find all of our episodes there um, for all of our sources, uh, if anyone, you know, wants to read into anything we are looking at, um, all of our sources were found through the Shapiro Library. Um, and we will, you know, provide, you know, the specific links um, for, you know, our key points of research uh, in the description below. That way you guys have access to them. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, and we will be back soon uh, with some more topics.